0: You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Now, here's Doug Robbins. Amen. You guys go ahead and take a seat. You know, uh, everybody's talking about all the political chaos uh, in our land. And I want to just say right up front that our role at City Church is not political, but rather spiritual. And I know that some people are relieved by the election, others are very scared of what's going to happen to our church and feel like, or not our church, but our country and um, our cities and the like. And Um, people feel like things are in chaos, but one of the things I want us to acknowledge today, no matter what you feel politically, is this, that there are people sitting right next to you here in church and people in your neighborhoods who couldn't care less about politics right now. And the reason they couldn't care less about the chaos in politics is because of the chaos in their own lives. There are people sitting around you right now, some of whom are experiencing marital chaos. They're experiencing… Uh, financial or career chaos. Some are experiencing health chaos, and that's partly why we've been in this series in recent days called Calm the Chaos, and we've been looking at the Scriptures to see how we can create a more beautiful future, not only for our own lives, but for others around us and for our city. And so today, as we look into the Bible, one of the things you've got to understand about the New Testament of the Bible is if you want to understand it, you have to understand the cultural context of what was going on. And in the first century, the people, uh, the Jewish people, were under Roman occupation, which created chaos in their lives. And they were taxed a majority of their incomes way more than what we're taxed today. Uh, The Romans brought a barbarous violence into the equation that created physical chaos for people as many people saw their relatives and friends being brutally executed as well as uh, uh, being brutally treated when they um, um, did anything that the Romans didn't like. And so, what the Jewish people were doing is they were praying for a political leader that they wanted to save them. They were praying for what they called a Messiah to come and, like, open up a can on the Romans and get out from under their oppressive reign and rule and chaos. Now, if you go back to ancient times, you can learn a lot in archaeology when you look at the coins because they would put these symbols on coins. And I brought a coin today. um, And on the coin, you're going to see an inscription of uh, basically the symbol of Rome, which was the eagle. And it was a symbol of power. And control. And how would Jesus the Messiah come? What would his symbol be when he came to the earth? Well, we're going to see the symbol of the kingdom of God in Matthew chapter 3. Look at verse 16 with me. It says, after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a what? Say it with me. Dove. Dove and settling on Him. Now, I brought another ancient uh, symbol picture uh, from back in those days. This was inscribed on a catacomb that the early Christians would uh, carve out their artwork there, and you can see there on the left-hand side of that picture the dove, the symbol of the early Christian movement, the symbol of the kingdom kingdom of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, as i Thought about the Holy Spirit and interacted with the Holy Spirit for many years now. I've been greatly helped by a guy who was the pastor of the Westminster Chapel in London, England. And his name uh, is R.T. Kendall. And he wrote a book called The Sensitivity of the Spirit. And in this book, he looked at the Holy Spirit as a dove. Now, one of the experts that R.T. Kendall relied on in this book was a Cherokee Indian man from Oklahoma. Named Pete Cantrell, and Pete had raised all sorts of birds, doves, and pigeons, and all sorts of things. So he was an expert on these different kinds of birds. And one of the things that you would note if you're studying the uh, the Holy Spirit as dove in the Bible is it wasn't just any kind of dove, but it was the turtle dove. And so this guy, this Indian man, Pete Cantrell, was an expert on the turtle dove. And he says that it's so completely different, though it's in the same genus as a pigeon, it's so completely different from the pigeon and even other types of dove, like the white tip doves, you know, the white uh, white tip doves that we, uh, is it white wing dove that you would say uh, here in our part of the world. Uh, The turtle dove is very different from all these other types of uh, dove and even pigeons. And so uh, he gives us several observations about the turtle dove. I'm just going to read to you five of those observations. The first one is this. Unlike pigeons, turtle doves never fight. Um, The pigeons are very territorial. They fight with each other all the time. Uh, But the turtle dove is very peaceful, and their cooing brings rest and calm. Uh, But a second observation is, unlike pigeons, turtle doves can't stand noise. They don't like a lot of drama around them. They're kind of shy. Uh, They shy away from noise. A third uh, idea is that, unlike pigeons, turtle doves are not territorial. Pigeons will bully others in order to get a place to perch. Then number four, turtle doves cannot be domesticated. You can't tame them. Well, a pigeon can be trained. You can put a red box on your rooftop in New York City, and that Uh, a pigeon will be trained to live there and go back and forth from other places to that red box. And then a fifth idea is unlike pigeons, a turtle dove will mate with only one other dove. And so throughout the rest of our time together, I'm going to be showing you the similarities between the turtle dove and the Holy Spirit of God from the Scriptures. Now, to calm the chaos and create a beautiful future, I think what you and I have to do is embrace this one transformative idea And it's simply this. We have got to learn to get rid of and release pigeon religion, and then we say, Holy Spirit, welcome. Okay? Um, Some of us have been way too focused on a spirituality, a way of religious living or thinking that we're going to see from the Bible today is actually pigeon religion. And we're going to say, I want you to say it out loud with me, this second part. Are you ready when I point to you? You've got to throw down on me, okay? We're ready? But what we're going to say is this, Holy, Holy Spirit, welcome. Okay, some of you are really loud, and some of you are like, I'm new here. I don't know. Should I say anything? Okay, I'm, let me give you permission today. Okay, we're not going to do the pigeon religion thing, but we're going to say, Holy, Holy Spirit, welcome. Okay, some of you didn't say it, but I'm going to forgive you because I love you, and it's okay. We love everyone, even if you don't uh, play along. But anyways, uh, uh, the turtle dove is sensitive, shy, like the Spirit of God, um, doesn't like a lot of attention drawn to himself, really likes to point attention, glory, and praise to Jesus. Now, one of the things that I was mindful of as I thought about presenting this to um, people today is that when you think of the dove, you think of this harmless uh, little creature and, and all of that, but some of you men, I know what you 're thinking right now you 're thinking you 're oozing with machismo, you know you 're like i can 't get down with a dove okay uh, i 'm not cool with that. Well, what I want you to understand is the dove is really just one of the many metaphors of the Holy Spirit within the Bible, and so if you read throughout the nuisance of the Bible, you 'll see the Holy Spirit as like a fire as water, as oil, as wind. And perhaps next year, I can do a whole series where I break down the Holy Spirit with all of these metaphors. Um, But today, we're going to focus in on Holy Spirit as dove. And so, as you see in the Scriptures, you you have to respect the Holy Spirit's power um, no matter the metaphor. Now, let me show you today five truths about the Spirit of God as a dove. And the first one is simply this. We have to understand what makes the dove fly. What makes the dove fly away? Because the Spirit is sensitive and can be grieved by us. And when we grieve the Holy Spirit of God, He flies away. Look with me at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 30 through 32. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all and, and by the way, here we, this next part of the verse is going to show us all the different ways we grieve the Spirit and cause the Spirit to fly. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ in Christ God forgave you. And so, in this preparation, uh, in my preparation for this message that I was going to bring to you today, I did my research, right? You guys always know, I'm always reading books and researching to better present the truth from the Scriptures to you. But it's like the Spirit was saying to me as I'm thinking about the Holy Spirit, was saying, you know, what's more important than your research this week, Doug, is going to be your repentance. My repentance is more important than my research. And here's why. Because we look back at that text from Ephesians 4, one of the things listed there was slander. And the Spirit was Uh, convicting me of some slanderous words I had said at a meeting with my staff earlier in the week. I'm very comfortable with our staff here at the church, and we're friends, and so we're comfortable to say some things that sometimes we probably shouldn't say. And I had slandered and gossiped about someone who was not present there at the meeting, Um, not someone in this room uh, right here, someone that doesn't even go to our church. And so I was a little bit embarrassed to do it, but I had to go back to my staff team and let them know, guys, I apologize. I'm sorry. I was wrong for slandering and gossiping about someone when they weren't there. And that is not the kind of environment we want here amongst our team. And I was wrong. See, if our staff, if that, the pastor here is slandering people, what does that do to the Spirit of God in our church? He's out, Right? The spirit is gone. So another thing that makes the dove fly is unnecessary religious rules. Have you ever been a part of a church or uh, been a part of a religious environment where they put all these rules on people? You couldn't even know all the rules, and then you knew the rules when you walked in because people looked at you funny when you walked in. I mean, all of you who come here, and you love it here because you can come here in your shorts, or you can come here casual, or you can come here. It doesn't matter if you have tattoos, you know, on your eyebrows. I mean, uh, uh, you can come here, and it is all good, right? Because one of our rules here is love, the rule of love, but you've been in religious environments where they had all kinds of rules. And if you ever wondered why Christian people today don't have to follow all the rules of the Old Testament law. Now, when I say Old Testament law, when you come new to faith in Christ, you'll read the Bible, right? And we believe the whole Bible, right? But you'll read the early parts of the Bible. The first five books are called Torah. That's law that the Jewish people would go by at the time. And Christians don't follow all those rules, right? Because there are rules that seem odd to us today, like, you know, you can't wear clothes that have more than one fabric in it, right? Uh, There's another rules there, like you can't eat shellfish, okay? Well, we love shrimp, Uh, a lot of us do, Um, but we don't follow those rules. And the reason is, is when you believe in Christ, the Holy Spirit of God comes to dwell inside you and guide you in your behaviors. Now, certainly we obey the Scriptures and the Holy Spirit guides us in things and the way that we know that it's not just our emotions and, uh, rather than the Holy Spirit is we check it against the, the Scriptures, right? But look at what Paul says in Galatians um, chapter 5, verse 18. He says, but when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under the obligation to the law of Moses. And so what happens in uh, spiritual environments or religious environments when they put a bunch of rules and laws that are not in the Scriptures, um, um, not accurate, is that they're actually causing the dove to fly. And life leaves, like Elvis left the building, you know what I'm saying? You go into a church and it feels cold and lifeless. There's no life there in that place because oftentimes legalism. Now, let me show you um, another thing that causes the spirit uh, to feel grieved and the dove to fly, and that is what the Bible calls the sinful nature. Some translations of the Bible will call it the flesh. Um, The sinful nature in Greek, it's the word sarx, which is that evil part of each one of us. And some of you who have been around here for a while have heard me give these talks, and I'll use a prop sometimes, uh, and that prop is the dughead. Anybody remember the dughead? I brought a picture of it today. It's this head that uh, an artist shaped it together to look like me, um, minus the beard. I could use a beard on the dug head, but um, I I have a beard at any given time, and then my wife makes me shave it off. But um, the the, the dug head uh, represents the sinful nature of the flesh. And the reason it looks just like me is because a lot of times I can't blame the devil on my sins. I can't believe some de- uh, uh, blame some demon for my sins. I can't blame the culture or uh, cultural influences or, uh, you know, my mommy issues or my dad issues or how I've been disappointed. You know how I have to look at? Someone that looks a lot like me. We all have within us this old sinful nature that tries to influence us to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And sometimes it feels like an inner battle between the Holy Spirit of God, the dove, and our own sinful nature. Let me show you this in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. It says, when you follow the desire of your sinful nature or your head, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, Selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, some people would misinterpret this and say, hey, if you've been to a wild party or if you have been involved in sexual immorality or had an impure thought, then you're going to go to hell. That's not what that's talking about here. It's talking about your inheritance, When we give in to our sinful nature, the flesh, we're giving up a reward that God wanted to give us. We're giving up the inheritance that our good Father wanted to give us, not just in this life, but in the life to come. And so as I read through that list, I saw things like sexual immorality and impurity and lustful pleasures, all things that I have done in my life. And so anytime those things, the flesh tries to bring those things back up and tempt me with those things, I got to cut it off early. And that's why uh, this past week I was thinking about this because I got this uh, social media message from one of my girlfriends from college um, who I would not talked to in many, many years. And she sends me this message, right? And she's telling me about her life now. I mean, she's like a psychotherapist now and all this kind of stuff. So I'm thinking, man, how's she going to psych me out over a message? And, um, uh, and so what I realized though, It it was nothing, you know, inappropriate or anything like that, but I realized, you know what I have to do? Like right now, the Spirit's prompting me. You let your wife know about this exchange. You know what I mean? I want to cut it off because you, you guys know how this stuff happens. It doesn't happen overnight. It starts out as a very innocent message, right? And then it can grow and grow and grow. And so I made sure and told Jeannie, my wife, about it. And the reason is I do not want the Spirit to fly. I do not want the dove to fly from my marriage. I don't want the dove to fly from my family. I've seen what happens when, when uh, you know, someone goes too far with this type of deal. I don't want the Spirit to fly from our church because I allowed something to begin. So I brought it all uh, to the light. But let me show you another truth about the dove is that you don't always know when the dove has flown. You don't always know. It's not always just like, hey, you did something wrong, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit flies away. But it happens when you don't suspect it. And so like with Samson, a guy in the Old Testament, he slept with a woman that he shouldn't have slept with. And while he was asleep, she shaved his head, causing him to break his Nazarite vow that he had made before God that he would not cut his hair. And you know what the Bible says happened? Look at Judges 16. It says... He did not know that the Lord had left him. The Lord had left him, and he didn't even know it had happened, and he didn't have his supernatural strength anymore, and when he went out, he was able to be conquered. And then you see the story of Jesus' mother and dad, Mary and Joseph. They had taken young Jesus to a religious festival, right? And then it was time for the festival to be over, and they were going to head back home. And there's this entourage of family members and people that were headed back home. And Mary and Joseph, it's ready to go, and they left Jesus behind. They kept going. And the Bible says, look at this verse, Luke 2, uh, they were unaware of it. They were unaware of it. And some of us, we like to get ahead, don't we? We like to move, 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 progress, progress. We're always looking to the future. But if we move ahead, sometimes we move ahead and we left Jesus behind. The dove is flown. He's not with us. We have to submit to where He is, not try and get Him to where we want to go, and we move ahead of Him. Other times, because we follow the sinful nature and do what it wants, the presence has left us. So we have to be sensitive to these types of things as the Holy Spirit of God is. Now look at the third important truth about the Holy Spirit that we're to go where the dove flies. The Holy Spirit is like a turtle dove and cannot be domesticated, right? Some of us spend our whole lives, well, Holy Spirit, bless what I'm doing. I'm about to do this, bless it, bless it financially. Bless me in every because I'm doing what I want to do and we try and get the, the dove to go with us and he does not domesticate. You cannot put him in a box and make him do what you want him to do. What we have to do is find out where the turtle dove has flown and get there. You see what I'm saying? I want to show you some examples of this. Uh, one is Philip in the book of Acts. He's walking along and he gets a message from the Spirit. It's like a prompting. It's an inner Uh, thought, uh, a word from God, the Spirit of God, and the Word said this, told him, go over and walk along beside the carriage. Kind of a random thing, isn't it? He tells Philip, go along and walk along the side of this carriage. So, there's a carriage going along with the Ethiopian man riding it, and the Ethiopian guy is reading from this ancient Isaiah scroll. And so, in the moment, Philip knows he's reading Isaiah, and he asks him, do you understand what you're reading? And the man says, no, tell me what's up. And he said, the guy you're reading about in Isaiah, that is Jesus, the Messiah. And Philip helped that Ethiopian man pray to begin a relationship with Christ. And they stopped the carriage, and the Ethiopian man was baptized because Philip went where the dove had flown. And it reminded me of a time when I was a teenager, and that was the time in my life where I went through a huge change in my life. I started listening to the Spirit of God and trying to obey His promptings and put away my old pigeon religion where I just partied and did whatever I wanted to do. So, I'm listening. One night, uh, my sister, my sister was like this kind of popular, she's, you know, in high school, she was really hot, okay, Um, and she was like popular girl, and all these guys wanted to date her, you know what I'm saying? So this guy named Mike came over. There were always guys coming over, you know, they're trying to warm their way into my sister's heart so they could date her and all this kind of stuff because she was hot. Well, anyways, um, this guy was like in-crowd basketball team cool guy uh, at, at our house. And he, he was uh, hanging out trying to win his way into my sister's heart. And I had this prompting from the Spirit, and I did not want this prompting. Okay, the prompting was ask Mike to go out in the backyard and shoot some baskets. Shoot some basketball. <laughs> no way, man. I mean, he's like popular, in crowd, cool basketball guy, and I am so not. I mean, I'm like, uh, I don't have any muscles. You know, I'm skinny as a rail. I have one pinstripe shirt, and it has one stripe on it. Okay, <laughs> I, his little eyebrows. You know, I'm a nerd. <laughs> but I submit to the spirit. I'm thinking to myself, you know, I can't, I can't do this. get like some guy that's like a big jock. You know, that's real cool and has muscles and all that. Who's a Christian to to talk to him? And so finally, I submit to the Lord, and I'm like, hey, Mike, you want to go out and shoot some baskets? And my surprise, uh, he says, yes. So we go outside, we're shooting baskets, you know, we're hanging out and we're talking, and I start talking to him about God, right? And I'm like, hey, uh, man, so what do you, you know, God has done this big work in my life and changed my life. What do you think about all that, uh, Mike? And he said, you know what? The other day, I was in the car, and my regular radio station that I listened to, I'd actually uh, accidentally gone uh, a station over from that, and I heard this talk about God on the radio, and it's like I wanted, like, I was, it made me think, you know, and I was feeling something, and I wanted someone to tell me how I could know that I have a relationship with God, and I went home to my parents, and uh, they really didn't know what to tell me, and so here I am tonight, and that night, he blew off my super cool hot sister, and we hung out that whole night, and we talked, and we prayed that night. He prayed to begin a relationship with Christ, and furthermore, he was the best man at my wedding a few years later uh, when I met my lady. Um, so uh, so it turned out all good, but let me show you, um, um, where was I? Okay, the next one, number four. I got to thinking about my lady. we just end church? I got to (laughs) go. Look at number four. Number four. The dove gives fruit. The dove, the Spirit of God, gives fruit in our lives. Now, there's this classic text, if you're new to following Jesus, that you got to learn this text. It's called the fruit of the Spirit, and it's Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. Look at it. But the Holy Spirit produced this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these, these things. And you know what I think is import, uh, interesting and important for us to know from that text is that when the Spirit is described here, it's fruit. It's an organic or a botanical kind of growth. And botanical growth is one of the most uh, powerful forms of growth here. And I want to encourage some of you with this because as you grow spiritually, some of you are new to your faith in Christ and you just think, man, why did I do that harebrained thing? Why did I fall for that sin? Why don't I have all the peace and patience that Pastor Doug is reading about in the Bible? Well, what happens is, is you grow gradually. You ever planted a seed? It's botanical growth. And you're sitting there day after day, you're like, when's it gonna pop up out of the ground? Then eventually you'll see a little sprout come out, right? And before you know it, after some time has passed, that thing grows. So if you ask the question, uh, which force will win, the acorn or the concrete slab? We know the answer. Every single time the acorn wins. I brought a picture of what happens. That acorn falls down into the ground near the concrete and a shoot comes out of it, and time passes, and it grows, and eventually, the acorn splits the concrete, and that's what's happening in some of your lives. You're discouraged right now because you think, man, I've struggled with that lust addiction for all these years, and I keep trying, and you know, I get all the accountability software, and I tell my friends, you know, that I'm looking at porn, and, uh, or you got some addiction, whatever, and you think, man, I relapsed. Keep repenting. Keep turning towards the Lord. Keep submitting your life to the Holy Spirit of God. And over time, it won't perhaps happen in a moment where you're just like, "Whoa, I'm free now. Or, whoa, I feel peace now. Some of you have been depressed and you're just like, nothing helps, man. I've gotten meds and I've gone to the counselor and all that. Hey, it happens over time. One day, you'll go, wow, why do I have this peace today? uh, How come I feel this joy in my heart today? Nothing happened, but over time, it was botanical growth of the Holy Spirit, and it all grows and blossoms in your life. So I want to encourage you to not give up, no matter how much you've struggled or how much you feel like you uh, have have disappointed yourself or uh, the Lord But the last truth that I want to show you today is this, that the dove gives a window of opportunity before he flies. He gives us a window of opportunity in which to respond to his presence in our lives um, to do a good work in us. Let me show you this from Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. It says, that is why the Holy Spirit says, today, when you hear his voice, look at that, that next phrase, don't. Harden your hearts, as Israel did when they rebelled and they tested me in the wilderness. There your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. So I was angry with them. And I said, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of what? Rest. They practiced pigeon religion. They tried to get the dove to fly where they wanted, and he said, no, you repent, you turn and obey God. But they wouldn't. He wanted to calm their chaos, but they didn't get his rest because they chose instead the pigeon religion. But one of the things I want you to understand is that you have a window of opportunity today. And you could have learned all five of these things that I taught you today. You could repeat them back, but it doesn't matter if you don't obey. It's all for nothing. You wasted your time if you didn't respond to what the Spirit of God was doing in your heart, in your life, And that's why I'm going to ask you to actually do something today. When you came in today, did you get a little note card? Anybody get those note cards? If you are like Mr. Electronic or Miss Electronic and you want to use your phone to type this in, pull out your phone right now. But I'm going to lead you through a little exercise and I want to explain what the exercise is. But before I do, I want to say this. Some of you, when you heard me say we're going to do a little exercise together today, you said in your heart, I'm not doing it. And some of you said, well, you know, I already know that stuff about the Holy Spirit. Okay, I already know. I've read the Bible, I know. know Okay, you know what you just did? Harden your heart. And a hard religious heart is the worst one. The hard religious self-righteous heart is the one that never enters his rest, never experiences the calm in the midst of the chaos. Someone else hardened their heart and said, you know what, Pastor Doug's gonna go through an exercise. Not doing it because I just came with my girlfriend, came with my boyfriend because they cajoled me, they promised me food after the service. Um, I'm not doing, I'm not going to play along with the little exercises and all of that, okay? You know what that is? Harden your heart. I want to ask you to soften your heart and just try this and see what God would do. We're going to do an exercise called the Holy Spirit Inventory. Now, in recovery environments, we talk a lot about inventories. There's an inventory, uh, a personal inventory, where you look at the people who have hurt you, right, and you write down, you name how someone hurt you and then how it made you feel. It's part of recovery work. So, for example, uh, someone might say, well, I was hurt by my dad because my dad, when I was a teenager, he called me stupid, and it made me feel uh, inferior, and it made me feel unloved and uncared for. Well, someone else might go through recovery, and uh, maybe you do the inventory where you're looking at how you hurt other people. And in that one, you might write, someone might write down, well, you know what, I cheated on my spouse, and it made her or made him feel rejected and unlovable. So you see how these inventories work, you write down what it was, and then how it made uh, the other person feel Well, that's why we're going to do a Holy Spirit inventory, and I'm going to roll through a list of things that might have grieved the Holy Spirit that you and I may may have done, that some attitude that we may have had in our heart or something we may have done. And as I go through it, I don't want you to look at me. I want you to look down at your phone as you type it in, or I want you to look down at your notepad or your piece of paper that you write it on. You ready? Okay, look down there, and you're focusing on yourself. Don't look at me, but look down. You're focusing on yourself, and could it be that through bitterness and unforgiveness, you've grieved the Holy Spirit? Is there someone in your life that did something to you, and you just can't forgive it? You can't release it. And you might say, Holy Spirit, that makes your forgiveness of me feel devalued to you. Maybe for someone else it's a sexual sin or a lust. And by the way, you might, if someone next to you is nosy, just write it down like in code so they don't know what you're writing. (laughs) But You might just write next to it, Holy Spirit, that makes you feel grieved since you love that person. Maybe it's a slander or a gossip. You've spoken negative, hateful things about someone. And you write down, Holy Spirit, I know that hurts you because you love that other person, even if they're wrong. Maybe someone else would write down, type in, religious legalism or you're judgmental towards others who disagree with you, and you would write, Holy Spirit, that makes you feel like the work of the cross is not enough for our salvation. Maybe it's a self-hatred. You just can't forgive yourself. You keep punishing yourself. And you would write, Holy Spirit, that makes you feel grieved since you love me. Maybe it's a jealousy. You're jealous of someone else's relationship or what they have. Holy Spirit, that makes you feel like your benefits are insufficient for me. For others, it's an outburst of anger You just went off on someone. And you might write, Holy Spirit, that makes you feel grieved because I verbally devastated people that you care about. Others, it's a substance abuse. And you might write, Holy Spirit, that makes you feel like your peace and joy are inadequate for me. I have to seek a substance to feel joy and peace. For someone else, it's a violence. I mean, you weren't just angry, but you physically went off on someone. And you might write, Holy Spirit, that makes you feel violated because I physically hurt someone that you love and care about. And so as you're reflecting on these things in your own heart and life, looking down, I want to ask you to stand up now while you're still reflecting and writing. So stand up means like you use your legs and you... And I go up like that. And uh, as you guys stand, um, I want you to keep thinking about these things. Some of you are still typing in on your phone. Some of you are still writing. But here's the part that may be a little more difficult for some of you. I'm going to ask you to step out and do something by faith. And that is you take your little card or you take even your own phone that you've been typing this out on. And I'm going to ask you to come to the front and kneel and pray and as you kneel at the front, you'll kneel and pray over your phone or your list that you've written down on your note card and you'll pray Holy Spirit, I'm so sorry I grieved you through this behavior Holy Spirit, I want to pray that you would not fly from me but that I would land where you have flown you might just pray that Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit would calm the chaos inside your heart. You might just pray that the Holy Spirit would calm the chaos in our nation. Pray for our nation, for our leaders. Pray, Holy Spirit, we're so sorry for the ways that we've grieved you. Please feel welcome among us in our church. And so I'm going to leave that with you as you're comfortable to come and kneel and pray at the front. If there's no room at the front, you can pray in the aisles or uh, wherever you can find. But let's submit to these things before him so that we can sense the calm in the midst of the chaos. Father, I want to thank you for the faith in many who have really gone there with this and softened their hearts before you. And one of the things I know about you as I've walked with you for these many years now is that you're such a good God. You're so kind to us when we soften our hearts and submit to you. And Father, I want to pray that right down at the core levels of people's souls that you would be like healing and setting people free and that they've been trying and trying and trying get over certain dysfunctional behaviors in their lives and that you would like use today to kill the root curse and kill the root of bitterness of jealousy of lust and substance abuse in people's hearts today and father another thing i've kind of noticed that you do sometimes is that when your people quit pretending like we're better than everybody else and we start repenting and submitting to Holy Spirit, it's like Holy Spirit starts flowing all over the place. Holy Spirit, you're so welcome here. Just jack us up. Holy Spirit, I know one of the things you do sometimes is you like convict people of sin and you draw people to be adopted by Jesus into the family of God. And Holy Spirit, I would totally welcome that right now. All of us would. Those of us that know you, we're just welcoming you to like flow all through here like, you know, the wind. With that in mind, as we're praying together, if you're like thinking to yourself, I've never had a relationship with God and I don't understand what I'm experiencing right now, but something is drawing me to God, and I don't get it, but I want God. I want you to just pray in your heart right now, just between you and God. And I'm gonna ask you to pray to begin a relationship with God. For someone here today, it's the first time in your life you've seen religion, you didn't want that, but you want God. Just pray these words in your heart in your mind because God can read your thoughts just pray God I know I've sinned that's not news to me I know it's true I've sinned I've disappointed you I've missed the mark but God right now the best I comprehend it I choose to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and shed his blood to take the punishment for my sin. And he rose again from the dead to give me new life. I welcome you into my life, God, through Jesus. Father, I want to thank you for those who just prayed that. I want to thank you for the many that chose to soften their hearts. And we want to be a church that just totally submits to you all the way. A hundred percent, Holy Spirit, you're welcome. We don't want to move ahead of you. We wanna just be right here with you, where you are. We don't want the dove to fly from here. We want the dove to like land and just chill and build a nest, like right here with us. That's what we want. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your kindness. Holy Spirit, I'm just thinking about all the angst that's been in my life in the past and the depression when I felt like there was a dark cloud over me. And one day it's just like I woke up and it's like, wow, what happened? Over time it happened. And Father, I'm thanking you that by the Holy Spirit's power, there are people here today that like a week from now or two weeks from now, a month, maybe even a year are gonna say, what happened? It's like I feel peace in my heart. How'd that happen? Thank you God for what you're doing all over this place is beyond what I can even fathom or comprehend. And we choose to receive it. We choose to receive all that you're bringing into our church, Holy Spirit. And we pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, everyone said. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.